Hi, everyone. Welcome to Six Figure Authors, the show that helps you take your writing career to the next level. I'm Andrea Pearson, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Joe Lalo. And I'm Lindsay Baroker. And uh, this week, we're going to discuss about burnout. Uh, those of you who are in the Facebook group, you already know that we're going to record this because we asked for a Q&A, which we decided we're going to put off for a different episode just because we have enough material to fill a whole episode. But we're going to be talking about whether you're in burnout or whether it's writer's block, basically how we can tell the difference with ourselves. Um, and we'll also discuss times we've been burned out and how we've gotten over it, plus times where we've been stuck in our books and what we've done to fix that. And then... Like I said, we'll be putting the questions off until next time or a later time, you know, months down the road. I don't know (laughs) when that's going to happen. But first, we're going to go ahead and share news. And Joe, I think you're up first, right? Yep. Um, Not a whole lot to say. I've been chipping away Greater Lands 4, and I've been preparing to release the Book of Deacon Anthology Volume 2. I'm probably going to drop the cost of the first collection to 99 cents. Uh, and update the back matter to make sure people who buy it know that there's a second collection and then give you know the first collection a good hard shove with some ads and some featured stuff if I can that's the plan uh, anyway it's also possible that I'll just release the second collection like a ton of bricks and run away because you know it I'm sort of there in my head right now which is you know considering the topic of the episode makes a lot of sense yeah, we were just talking about how we before we started recording we're all like or at least I'm tired today and not feeling too perky. So I guess this will be great for the episode. For my news, um, I successfully took a little time off. I'm When I wrote these notes, I was ready to get rolling again. But <laughs> yesterday I went cross-country skiing and it's so pretty up there. I'm like, I want to just become a hobo and take the rest of the winter off and snowboard and ski. So we'll see. I have two pre-orders up, so that probably won't be happening. But um I'm going to try to take a little more time off going forward. I'm not the best at that, as I've talked about on previous episodes, but from a more something I actually did that you might be interested standpoint, I I did a post on my website last week that is basically the title of something like, if you like series X by me, you might try series Y. And I may make it sticky on the front of my website for a while, or at least refer back to it when I send out you know, newsletters now and then and social media, because I, I do have a list of all my novels on my site, but gosh, I've got, I think I'm up to a hundred or something by between my name and my pen name, not including short stories and novellas. So this was a way to just kind of direct people who want something similar to something they know they enjoyed and want to jump to another series kind of like that instead of just guessing based on the titles and the blurbs, if it'll be something they like. It definitely gets to be more of a challenge as your backlist gets larger to keep awareness to the older books and keep them selling and to keep the readers happy who always want more of some past series that you thought you were done with instead of the new project, although they usually try the new project and like it, hopefully. But yeah, there's my news. Awesome. I love that idea. The, uh, if you like series X, you might try series Y because I mean, so many, so many readers, they, it's really hard to track down how many books and which books and authors written, especially when websites, like a lot of readers readers are like, yeah, but most authors don't keep their websites updated. So like, I love that idea. My readers are, they'll email me and they'll be like, Hey, what have you written? And where is it? And I'm like, okay, all right. I need to just do was it you, Lindsay, that once had a book that would like list listed all of the books that you'd written on Amazon that people could download for free? Was that you? I can't remember. There was a point when somebody was doing those, not the authors, and trying to like make throw them in KU and make money from like the, a reading list for the <laughs> authors, and they were all over for a while. I don't know. I think enough people complained. Like it's not a horrible idea, but it would have to be free, you know, not ninety nine cents or whatever they were charging, and. It would have to be put out by me, not some rando on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to make a whole lot of money on KU Pages Red on something that's five pages long. <laughs> anyway, so I'm writing again, hallelujah. Um, really crossing fingers um, that, you know, things work out with my toddler. Uh, I got in 4,500 words today, and um, I'm hoping that trend continues. Really, really hoping. But uh, I also got a, um, a, I landed a featured book bub deal on a box set that is in Kindle Unlimited. That's the Mosaic Chronicles books one through four. And it's my first Kindle Unlimited deal ever. So I'm really interested to see how this will play out. Uh, like I said, it's, it's four books in the series out of 10 books and it's not for free, which is also something that don't, I don't generally do. I've only done a couple of 99 cent um, 
book bub deals, but it was what they accepted me at darn it. And they've been saying no for years to the box set at free. And so uh, it took them three weeks to say yes. I don't know if you guys got the email that said submit before this and this date. Well, there was, it just took a long time. Anyway, so it's being run on January 24th, which when this goes live, it will be Monday. And um, I've already dropped the price to 99 cents because I don't want to run into any risks of it not happening. And I also didn't want to do a Kindle countdown deal because those are only applicable in some in certain regions. And the BookBub feature deal is all over the place. And I'm like, it's just easier for me to just drop the price. And I don't care that I'm missing out on the countdown Kindle deal, which, you know, some people listening will be like, what? But I'm going to be keeping it 99 cents for about a month and, um, and seeing it since it's the first four books in a box in our, sorry, in a series that has 10 books and that leads into future series, then I should have a long, um, a long test, which is going to be kind of exciting anyway. So that's basically what's going on in my life right now. And I will update everybody on how that, how that book bub goes. I think if I remember, <laughs> can I just add for people who don't know, like why you would consider the countdown deal? Cause if you do a yep. 99 cent book in it, you get the 70% royalty instead of the 35% royalty. So it is a bit of a, Oh, is that true? Know, yeah, yeah, that's why, okay. but you make it, I mean, it often does seem to flub it up or like the deals are only for UK and Australia, not Australia, US. Yeah. And then you got to like go in and manually drop it to 99 cents in the other places or something. It, it yeah. is, you're probably wise to just, you know, trade off, hope the page reads will cover the book bub uh, cost. And 99 cents. I mean, it's, it's off of 99 cents, the 70% instead of, so that's not a huge difference, you know. That I would be well, if they move potential. thousands of copies, it's thousands yeah. of dollars. This is very true. This is very, very true. I'm just going to say, screw money. <laughs> just <All> right. <laughs> but you just are right. Kidding. They leave it on there for like months. Yep. If you say the deal will run for months and I always get traffic, like on the free ones, I do that. I just leave it free for a yeah. while and take the traffic, take them. They comments. actually um, limited me. They only let me say that it would be 99 cents for a month. Unlike my last book bub deal was a couple months ago and it's still listed as free. And so the 99 cents one, they were like, they, they grayed out the calendar past a certain point. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Anyway. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and get into the meat of the topic today. Um, burnout and writer's block. And we all, um, shared different Lindsay got super scientific with her definitions of writer's block and burnout. And I just shared my, my personal thoughts. And then I think Joe also that, um, but for me burnout, and this is just basically based on my own experience. Um, and I'll talk a lot about my major burnout later, but it's completely unable to function where books and writing in the business is concerned. It goes beyond stumped, discouraged, et cetera. It doesn't always have to be because of something big in the business. It could be that you have so many things pressing on you that something small triggers a burnout. Um, but so that's my basic, my basic definition. Um, and that was not very long. So Lindsay, there you go. <laughs> Well, I just went and looked on Google. That's how scientific I was because I was like, well, I feel like most people who have burnout can still function and that, you know, maybe not to their full ability, but that was my thinking. But so I grabbed World Health Organization's, uh, theirs is what came up near the top. Uh, and they say, burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic work, workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by three dimensions, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job, or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job, and reduced professional efficacy. (laughs) They do like their vocabulary words at the who. Um, Burnout refers specifically to phenomena in the occupational context and should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of life. So I just thought I'd bring that in there as a... uh, neutral third party or, or whatever they are definition. All right. And the way I think of it is this, uh, you have sort of a mental fuel tank that gets you going for a given day of work. If you're an author, chances are you have some degree of enthusiasm for writing, I would hope, or else you shouldn't have become an author. Uh, and that's what gets your butt in the seat every morning to start typing or do the other things that, you know, allow you to be an author even the non-writing stuff that comes with being an author, you're motivated by the same fuel because you know that that's what lets you do the, the, the part you like. 
And burnout is when you run out of that fuel. The enthusiasm is gone and suddenly the same workload exists, but with nothing but obligation to motivate you. And the positivity and energy from the process is gone. And thus your productivity tanks and your stress skyrockets because there's nothing to counterbalance the emotional cost of doing the tasks. Like that is, that is how I view burnout and, and define it. Um, and then, okay. So writer's block. Um, so my definition here was stumped, like you're stumped. You don't know what to write next. You don't have a resolution to that problem. Um, or you've written yourself into a corner, you have a deadline, you can't proceed under pressure, but you're not to the burnout point. So, and sometimes it'll be, you'll write something else or you'll skip ahead in the story, or, um, you know, you do something that's easier, like watch a movie or play a game on your phone, stuff like that. So basically, kind of avoiding the work maybe i don't know that's that's how i look at it sadly the world health organization doesn't care about writers and had no definition for this so going from wikipedia writer's block is a condition primarily associated with writing no kidding in which an author is able to produce new work or experiences a creative slowdown the creative stall is not a result of commitment problems or the lack of writing skills all right and since I guess I'm the analogy guy for this one, more analogies. Your brain is a sponge and every morning you squeeze it and your creative juices strip out, which is a gross thing to say. Uh, but writer's block is when you squeeze a sponge and nothing comes out. Uh, there could be any number of reasons why. Maybe you forgot to dunk it in the bucket of inspiration. Uh, maybe the bucket is empty. That would sort of be burnout, uh, which in this case, I suppose, means that the, the bucket was full of emotional fuel if i'm trying to continue the, the 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 metaphor maybe you don't have time or motivation to really give it a good squeeze this is something that i've tried to explain to family members uh, if you're digging a hole or building a wall or writing lines of code you can just put the work in and eventually get to the conclusion in a creative pursuit you can't just crank out creativity there's no plot points per calorie calculation where you just put in the effort and reach the end you know you you, you solve your plot problem some days the muse just won't oblige. And that's what writer's block is in my view. Yeah. I like that. The, the, uh, there's no plot points per calorie. I'm like, dang it. If only there were, I would be so skinny. <laughs> so, um, so, um, I, I wrote a question here and I don't remember where I was going with this because I wrote it so long ago, but um, what if you can't write, but you're not blocked and you aren't burned out? Could it be part, um, it could be part of your writing process, so if you know what needs to happen next in the story, and I know Becca Symes talks about this, um, if you know what needs to happen next in the story, you're not blocked. You might be procrastinating or dealing with potentially harder, awful things in life. Uh, if you don't know where the story is going next, you might be blocked. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and discuss how burnout and being blocked have affected us. And I'm going to go first because my color is first. So, um, all right. And my color is purple for anyone who is wanting to know. I wanted it to be pink, but pink was too light. And I'm still bitter two years later that it can't be pink. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So have you ever experienced true burnout? What were the circumstances around the event? And yes, I have. And I honestly thought I'd experienced burnout before this, but after, I mean, after experiencing true burnout, I was like, whoa okay so what i was experiencing wasn't even close to burnout at least not for me so this this experience i'm going to talk about was me hitting complete rock bottom complete complete rock bottom and it's so sad because it started when we started the podcast which was really difficult because i was like i really want to be teaching people but i don't want to be an author right now um so, which is really, really sad, right? Uh, so in 2019, everything in my life combined against me and my, re my stretch stress reached a huge pinnacle. So our then seven month old baby was super, super sick. He was throwing up multiple times a day and he was losing weight. He caught every single bug he was exposed to. He had huge allergic reactions to pretty much everything we fed him. And we had no idea what to do with him. So it took us, uh, took us with the doctor a few months, but he, the doctor ended up quarantining us until he was a year old, which was the start of COVID which sucked uh, and had us put him back him back on only the expensive German formula. We were importing because he couldn't have any American formulas. Um, things were really, really hard on the home front. My home, my, my four-year-old was having night terrors and our oldest was supposed to be getting homeschooled in first grade. And I would, Nolan and I, we were only sleeping like two, sometimes three hours a night and hadn't had much more than, uh, sleep than that since before the baby was born. And, and he didn't start sleeping through the night until he was, um, till he was two years old, which totally sucked. Like he would wake up three, four times at night and nothing we did 
fix that. Uh, it took us going to Hawaii. <laughs> I should go to Hawaii anytime I can't get a baby to sleep through the night. <laughs> but so that's the personal side of things. So the business side, I was seeing a big decline in royalties due to not having released anything in a while because I couldn't write while I was super sick while pregnant. Then having a newborn, I couldn't write again. Um, <clears throat> I took a break from writing. So for all of that, and then I took an even bigger break after that because I wanted to have a huge launch launch for the shadow hunter, which is the first book in my midnight chronicles. And, um, I, I was like, I want this to be a really big launch, you know, and I really wanted to go huge. And so I put a lot of time planning it and everything. And so I put off publishing for a very long time to make, make it so that that book launch went well. And I spent a ton of money on it. I made a lot of marketing mistakes, marketing mistakes, mostly the book covers, but also trends I pushed for in the book, like romantic fantasy told from the viewpoint of a dude who is in a super angsty, dark situation. And my core readers were not in love with the shift in tone for my other books. Uh, the book launch flopped completely. I had pre-order pre set up for the next few books in the series, but the discouragement from that lack of success on that book and um, the stress of my personal life and the stress of those deadlines almost killed me. Like I couldn't function where the business was concerned at all. The only thing I did was our podcast. And um, my assistant, I'm not joking. My assistant basically ran the business for me. I mean, I couldn't even make myself check royalties. I couldn't make myself email my newsletter list. I couldn't do anything. Um, even if just one thing on that list had been somewhat different, my burnout wouldn't have happened uh, because I can handle books that don't do well. The vast majority of the books I've written haven't been huge bestsellers and I can handle personal stress. I mean, I've had kids and pressures on the home front for almost my entire author career. Um, and then I, I can handle spending money that I don't make back, but all things combined. And I got seriously fried. Um, I decided I wouldn't ever write again, which I don't know that I've even told Lindsay and Joe this, but <laughs> I decided I decided I was done. I was like, I am done. Um, and for a whole year I didn't. And did I feel weird being on a podcast that talked about successful authorship stuff? Of course I did like really, really weird. I felt really bad, but I also recognized that I had a lot of experience in the publishing world. And I, I'm, I love marketing, even as somebody who wasn't doing it for myself, I wanted to still help other authors and I wanted to guide others, authors to not make the same mistakes I had. Um, but was I willing to write? Not one bit. Um, a large part of it was I had to figure out the family stress and the sleep situation before I could even have the desire to do it again. But I was completely unable to function where the business was concerned. And like I said, my assistant ran pretty much everything. And I'll continue this. We're going to like leave on that hang on that little cliffhanger and hand things off to Miss Lindsay. Ready, set, go. <laughs> you muted yourself before you were even done talking. Uh, well, I think everybody that's had a lot of stress in life is going to be able to identify with that. It, it's, um, it's like, it'd be weird if you were doing great with all that going on, you know, like, wow, she's a machine. Um, but I would say with me, I, I tend to always compare everything to like when I was like 19 and joined the army and I got through my training and I realized, wow, I am not doing what all at all what I thought I had signed up for. And, and you're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> you sign that four-year contract, you can knock it out. So that was a really hard time for me. I, I really, as an introvert, you know, it's like looking back, I can see it as kind of a positive learning experience. If nothing else, it gives me perspective with other things I go through, like burnout as an author. So, I'm, you know, I can still be like, well, I'm getting to write the makeup stories and write for a living. So this is the most amazing job ever. Uh, anything sitting at home, you know, making my own schedule. I'm like, wow, I got to just keep that in mind sometimes. But that's not to say that I haven't felt burned out as an author. And I would say the last two years, I've definitely felt more detached and disinterested from the business side and the author community. I, I feel that I still enjoy telling stories and I want to keep writing, but I don't really want to try new marketing things marketing things or do joint promos with other authors or you know I've talked about on here for years I'm not crazy about responding to email um you know I don't really interested in going to conferences anymore like when the COVID came I was just like eh, okay I actually realized I didn't particularly want to go to whatever was the next one up um you know and eventually I want to hire someone and take some have someone take over some of the admin stuff and maybe some of the marketing duties. And I've talked about that for a long time, but I am making a few more tentative plans in that direction now. It'll probably be another year or two before I really make the move. 
uh, I do want to note that I know a lot of people are dealing with stuff with the COVID. COVID the last couple of years has made things, it's a little harder to kind of get out and have a life outside of your work sometimes. You know, it's harder to have a social life. If you're someone with health issues and you want to be cautious and not just throw everything to the wind because you really don't want to get sick. And, you know, that disruption is part of it. I, I think also... <laughs> I know, I think Joanna Penn was just talking about this kind of thing on her show. And I'm like, well, we're kind of in that same age, mid forties now where you get to deal with hormone stuff again here coming up that you dealt with as a teenager, but it's probably in the other direction and giving you less energy. And, you know, I, I have definitely found that in my case, the feelings of burnout are tied more to overall health than like something inherently appealing about the work or even stressful going on in my life. Things are technically going okay. I don't have a Andrea's chaos that she's dealing with over there. Um, And I think that's actually a pretty common definition of burnout or a common experience where things are doing okay, but maybe you're kind of getting to your forties and fifties and it's just harder to maintain that enthusiasm. My mom does tell me it gets better again later. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we shall see mom. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, Joe, do you want to share your experience? Sure. Uh, for me, uh, burnout comes on two flavors. I'll get, go into them a little bit, but uh, mainly it comes for me pretty frequently and mercifully, it doesn't usually last very long. If I'm not taking care of myself, if I'm writing and putting as many hours in as I need to, well, not as I need, if I'm putting as many hours as humanly possible in without any sort of time off after about two months, uh, without any meaningful breaks, I will hit a wall. And if I'm lucky, it'll only be two or three days. Sometimes it lasts a couple of weeks, but I will just be unable to bring myself to put words on the page or do really anything else with the books. Uh, it's not a matter of not knowing what to write because I'm an outliner. So the next 10 chapters of beats could be laid out perfectly, like to the paragraph level. But I'll just sit there for hours trying to build up the oomph to actually put anything on the page. Sometimes, uh, you know, even tasks besides writing, they just seem so much more important or at least easier. So checking email turns into watching YouTube videos because I left the the document and I'll spontaneously clean my desk or rearrange my basement. I'll spend six hours learning to use a new program to do an incredibly unnecessary task because it felt like I was doing something even though I couldn't write Uh, and anything but writing or budgeting or advertising becomes my absolute priority during those periods and then gradually i'm able to get myself back into writing usually because i very much like writing and i start to miss it (laughs) so uh that's good news i guess that i'm going hardcore into into like burnout but to a degree i've had longer burnouts there was a one year actually it was when i was doing reasonably well one of my better earning years a full year passed without a new book, but I was working a full-time job at the time. So uh, I, I didn't completely burn out. I had enough juice to get my day job done, but that absorbed everything that I had. So I just didn't have any writing in me for, again, almost a year. Uh, well, more than a year, but uh, including the writing of the next novel. Uh, but to a degree, I've been operating at a low level of burnout for the last three years straight. My enthusiasm for writing is a fraction of what it once was, and moments of inspiration and focus last for a few hours or a few days rather than the length of a novel. Uh, People who listen to the show regularly know that I tend to overshoot uh, my word counts by like 25%, and that's because I'm getting really enthusiastic about like, I really like the dialogue in the scene, I don't want it to end. And I've been coming closer to or undershooting my, my word goals during this last few years, mostly because the enthusiasm is not nearly where it was. It's not a at you know full stop levels but i can feel that i'm not where i was so to a small slow burn level i i'm sort of i'm sort of always burnt out for these past three years so we'll talk about it more in the next sections but it's it's a fact of life it's so tough too i mean like especially when your your income depends on it and and your livelihood and all of that i know that that probably adds to your burnout too right he's he's nodding there we go. <laughs> Sorry, I asked him right while he was drinking. <laughs> That's what we do, right? Okay, so the next question is, how long did the burnout last? How did it affect your books and your royalties, your fans? Um, what did you do to overcome it? And um, so uh, the burnout for me has ended. It ended actually a year ago, which was really awesome. Like I was just like, Wah. anyway, I'll get into that. Um, but it's still affecting my books and my royalties and my fans, because if you don't write anything, then you don't 
release anything and then you don't make money. Like sales gradually taper off. Uh, my fantasy readers have no idea I'm cheating on them by writing romance because I haven't told them because last time I told them I was writing a different genre, they found out what genre it was and my also bots got destroyed. And then those romance books became fantasy to Amazon. All of my also bots were like urban fantasy. So and I'm not doing that again. Um, I don't know when I'll go back to fantasy. I, I really, really want to write it. I just, I love fantasy so much. I'm very passionate about it, but I can't do both romance and fantasy. Um, and I need my personal life to be much less complicated first. And fantasy is harder to write and it takes more time. Um, romance is bringing me a ton of joy. I, I've really, really been in writing, enjoying writing and reading it. And I don't plan to switch back until our last baby is at least two or three. And that's several years down the road. Um, Anyway, and I don't know that I ever will fully switch back to fantasy, but we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, okay. So how did I overcome it? Um, and this is, this part is, was kind of hard for me because I'm very, very quiet about my belief systems because I don't think they're anybody's business. Um, so those who aren't religious, <laughs> plug your ears. Um, when I first decided I was done writing, I told the Lord I was done. I'm like D O N E done. I wasn't ever going to write again. And that if he wanted me to, he would have to do everything to make it work. So give me the desire, the fans, the success, the time, all of it. And I'm not going to say that angels came from the heaven and granted me a spinny time thing like Hermione had in book three of Harry Potter, but the desire hit hard last January. It was so hard. It was like, I woke up and I was like, holy crap, if I do not write, I am going to die. And again, I'm going to be religious here, but I knew that the Lord wanted me to start up again. And I, I absolutely knew that. Um, and he knows, I mean, he knows what makes me happy. And even if you don't believe in, in God or whatever, he knows, he knows what makes me happy. Uh, and it was as if he was telling me I'd put everything else first long enough. And it was time I did something that brought me joy again. And obviously being a mom brings me a lot of joy. Um, but there's something, it's a different itch that gets satisfied when I'm spending time with my kids versus writing. Um, okay. So things that helped me get to that point, uh, even though I thought it was because I sworn off writing, focusing on just the family side of things really helped get all of that more under control. My toddler, we got to the point where his health wasn't such a big deal. Um, I knocked a lot of small things off of my plate. Um, so my toddler, he's still difficult, but he's a lot more predictable. I'm sleeping through the night again. Guys, getting sleep is a huge deal. Um, it means, and especially for me, when I've got Epstein-Barr really bad, it means if I'm sleeping, I'm not having flare-ups and those flare-ups would take three to four days out of every single month for a very long time. Um, it also means I'm not as cranky or discouraged and depressed. And so when the desire to write hit me, I was ready for it. Um, despite that burning desire to write, I still approached it very cautiously because it's really scary to think about losing that desire so thoroughly again. Um, I didn't give, um, and, and especially for me, I'm super structured and I'm really go get them and I'm really hardworking. I just, I just really want to hit the ground running, but I didn't give myself any ultimatums, no deadlines, no expectations. I didn't want to push myself over the edge again. I felt like that little, that it was a very strong desire, but it was still small. Um, and so I did little things that brought me joy back then. So I created a binder full of different things, different materials that I would need for writing a romance, like lists of weaknesses and strengths, different romance tropes and their descriptions, different possible jobs that my, my characters could have. Uh, and I also allowed myself to just have fun with things. I've only written three novels in the last year, including my reader magnet, but those books are actually moving. Like I've said, not hugely begin without any push on my part, other than the promotion I ran in November. And I've got over 75 fantasy titles and my romances are always in the top of my books that are, you know, doing well. And so I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm hoping that this means that things are just, you know, going to continue forward. Of course we want, like I've said, we want another kid. So I have to be prepared for the emotional stress that will come from that and then be a little bit more, patient and give myself a little bit more grace next time so that I don't burn out so thoroughly. Um, all right, Joe, off to you. All right. Um, again, uh, the acute burnout uh, that I always talk about earlier, only usually only lasts for a few days, two weeks on the outside. Uh, and uh, I have to start grinding th my way through it if it lasts much longer than that, because I'll start missing deadlines. But the chronic burnout, still going, I'd say. It's hard to say definitively what it's done to my book royalties and fans because uh i can't be sure what caused what the worst of the burnout coincided with the leveling out and then decline of sales and fan engagement so it's not clear if i got burnt out because i wasn't seeing the success i was accustomed to compared to the effort i was putting in or it could be that the sales and engagement started to suffer after 
uh, I started to get burned out. Like it's it's kind of hard to to figure out. They happen simultaneous. Uh, one thing that's certain is my career in the burnout era is a fraction of what it was in pre-burnout. And the more work any given piece of the business takes, the less time and motivation there is for the rest. See my complete collapse of uh, advertising strategy here. Like that's roughly when the advertising went away is when I was like, well, I got to get the writing done and that something's got to give. So advertising started to slip. Um, one thing it would seem that hasn't suffered is the quality of the books. I shouldn't say my point of my, my feelings on my writing have gotten worse. Uh, but I've always, I've always had the opinion that my writing, like I, I had a low opinion of my writing until it's like a year since I wrote. Like if I read something I wrote more than a year ago, I'm like, wow, this person knows how to write. But when I'm revising a book, I'm like, oof, <laughs> hopefully this is salvageable. You know, that's just how my brain works. But I was afraid that I was getting worse as a writer, but uh, the fans have not felt that way. Like people who, who read the new stuff are saying, and I just had a long conversation with a fan earlier today saying how she's like, I feel as though your writing has been getting progressively better. So my chops have been getting sharper uh, regardless of how I feel about them. Um, so overcoming the acute burnout, which is the stuff I've had victory over. So let's talk about that. There's a couple of techniques that I'll take. Sometimes I'll just power through, just put my butt in a chair, have the word press processor on one side and the outline on the other, and just, stay there until the words are done. Uh, it's not an ideal solution because it's not really improving anything. It's, it's getting a thing off a to-do list, which decreases the anxiety in that way. It's preventing me from sliding further back, which prevents the anxiety in that way, but it's not really solving anything. It's not, it's not making a bad situation better. Uh, sometimes putting a scene or a chapter or a novel behind me can give me a feeling of accomplishment and relief, and that will make things a little bit easier. I'm very motivated by progress, so making progress can often spark the enthusiasm to continue. Other times, I'll just admit defeat on the writing side and spend a few days crossing other things off my checklist. So I can't, I can't do any writing. Let's see what else I can do. And, and you know, again, start crossing those things off. I get little, little boosts of, uh, of success whenever I cross one off and it makes me feel better. Uh, and that eventually gives me enough oomph to get back to writing and ideally taking like a real break an actual get your brain off of everything that you've been doing, step off the treadmill that you've been running yourself ragged on and recovering. That's the best option, but that's an option that's not always there if you're up against deadlines. That's good that you're getting some really good feedback from your fans about your recent books. Cause I, I can definitely see how it'd be discouraging. I'd probably feel the same exact way if the sales are down and it's like, nothing's really working to kick them back into gear again. And I know that's one of our questions. So we will try to do another episode and get people's questions in there. Cause I'm sure a lot of people are feeling that way in the community. Like this last couple of years has been hard for everyone. And then on top of that, if you're not having the sales and success that you've either had in the past or you just feel like you should have because you see all these other people being successful. So, you know, that it's really hard to be positive and super excited about continuing on when, when that's happening. Um, I actually, I would say I can't really speak to coming out on the other side <laughs> because I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen or when, but um, I've still been writing and publishing quite a bit. So nothing has really dropped off, like financially speaking. That's why I was kind of wanted to throw in the definition there that I think a lot of people who experience burnout are still functioning at, you know, pretty much close to, uh, you know, maybe not their optimal capacity, but they're kind of getting it done still. And things haven't necessarily dropped off, but there's that knowledge that, oh, well, if you just decided to quit and like, go off and become a snowboarding instructor instead of writing, you know, there goes your income that you've been relying on. Um, so I think, I feel like my sense of burnout is geared toward less toward the writing part and more toward the author business stuff. I still enjoy holding up and writing stories. Those are my favorite days when I can just disappear in with my laptop and write 10,000 words. And I feel really accomplished and uh, I, I, in a way that like answering a bunch of emails doesn't <laughs> give me that feeling of accomplishment because people immediately reply and you're like, dang it. I was trying to clean out that inbox. Why are you replying right away? Give me a day. Uh, but it's more, uh, for me, it's more about kind of enduring the, the other things that go around being an author, a, a self-published author, especially, you know, but, you know, getting an edit is, is something all authors can understand. And you probably gritted your teeth at some of your 
comments that your editor is giving you or some of the things they've picked on. Um, but putting together the product, marketing, email, that's the part that's kind of felt like more of a grind lately. And I don't know if I'll decide in a few years that I'm ready to get more involved again, like with the author world and marketing beyond my kind of tried and true newsletter and advertising, or if this is just kind of me being ready to move on to another phase in life where I work less at the business side and maybe branch out into more hobbies and do a little, do more fun stuff. I've taken a couple of week uh, vacations this last six months. And I wouldn't say that I kind of still feel the same way when I come back. So I'm like, that's not the secret answer. So uh, I will say that my, as I mentioned before, my natural inclination is to be really quite introverted and hermity. <laughs> That's a word, right? So I think it may have been, part of it may have been that I was more willing to override those tendencies when things were all new and exciting and interesting. And I was trying to still build up a fan base and I had more ambitions and drive because I wasn't yet where I hoped I wanted to be. Uh, now that things are pretty comfortable, I'm less inclined to override anything <laughs> and take on anything that I don't want to do. I think it's what John Goodman in The Gambler calls the FU position. And um, that's not the exact term for it, but you guys probably know what I'm talking about. And I fully acknowledge that it's tougher when you're feeling burned out and haven't yet reached that spot where you can get away with coasting. You haven't like fully built up your fan base and you're not having the success that you want to have yet. So I don't know. The answer there is probably to switch to a different genre or pen name, something that sounds more exciting to you. Or if it's possible, maybe you want to go back to another less stressful or demanding job and let writing return to being a hobby for a while. Uh, we had someone at the writers' conference, I think, mentioned uh, going back from full-time author to like real estate agent or really something in that industry, and she seemed really happy with that decision. So. If the writing is the problem and all the stress of the author business, if you can have income coming in from somewhere else and it can be a hobby, maybe it'll become fun again for you. So I've got something jabbing my eye and it's been going on for like two hours. So if I'm like grabbing <laughs> my eye, that's why. Um, okay. So our next topic we wanted to discuss is have you ever been stuck on plot, which I was like, snort, we all have, <laughs> what are ways you move beyond it? And what do you do to prevent it is getting stuck part of your process. So, and this is something I've said before, but getting stuck on plot only ever happens to me when my brain doesn't want to do any work. It's like, and sometimes I don't even realize I'm stuck until later. And I re recognize it's because there's an aspect of the book that isn't working. Um, it's not until I face that complete, completely talking my way through it that I realize what's going on. Uh, the talking part helps me work through it. And sometimes I don't need to talk. I go for a walk and things start falling into place. Going for a walk is sometimes as simple as pacing in my bedroom, but, but yeah, um, my brain's like, oh, I reach a point in this, this book. That's kind of going to be hard. It's going to be hard guys. And my brain's like, I don't wanna. And so I stop writing. Um, <clears throat> getting stuck has become actually become a part of the process. I enjoy because, uh, once I recognized what's going on, I relish the work required to figure out the plot hole and work around it. Um, I love writing myself into a corner because it forces some awesome creativity to come out. And um, one of the things that my readers always tell me, my fantasy readers anyway, they tell me is that the twists and turns in my books are so unusual and so not what they expect based on what else they read, which might be turning off readers, right? But um, but it's because I, those, those came about because I wrote myself into corner and had to work to get over it. And because previous books were already published, I couldn't retro, what's the word, fix things, you know? Um, anyway, so I haven't been stuck on romances as, as, um, as like I was with fantasy again, it's easier. Um, but also because each book has a different set of couples with a new set of issues and I don't write myself into corners in previous books. Um, but whenever I feel like my brain doesn't want to approach something, I'll call my mom and talk, to, talk it out with her. Uh, she's my go-to person for romances because she reads at least one of them a day. Um, but yeah, so getting stuck, um, let's see what ways you move beyond it. Yeah. Talking it out, uh, pacing, going for walks, giving myself permission to do something else, not letting my brain shirk, but giving myself permission to do something else while I work my way through the problem. Because I uh, outlined so heavily, getting stuck on plot usually happens in miniature early in the process, and it very seldom does when I'm doing the actual writing, although it still happens when I'm doing the actual writing. I'll go into that in a bit. Um, so yeah, it, it still happens constantly during the ideation process. Uh, the, in the actual writing, I'll get stuck on like character or dialogue because I have three simultaneous plot threads in almost everything that I write. Occasionally, I'll get to a point where 
the timing doesn't line up and I'm having a hard time finding a way to get things to line up the way I need them to. Uh, that's a common one for me. Uh, but yeah, deciding the best way an exchange should go or the best bit of banter I can do or whether or not this scene has got enough interesting in it to actually keep it in the book. Sometimes it just feels like I can cut that entirely and often I do. Those are where, are where uh, I get stuck most often in the actual process. How do I move beyond it? Uh, a handful of methods. Uh, method one is stand up and walk around my office uh, and say the problem out loud. Uh, this is especially useful to me if it's a dialogue problem. By trying to answer out loud the question that the other character asked, I tend to come up with some really good uh, dialogue. Like it works out really well for me. Um, plan B is to pick up a physical pen and a physical pad and to start to write down the problem and brainstorm the solution in longhand. This is something about the combination of how slow and sloppy I am at writing. I'm left-handed. No one taught me how to write correctly. So I'm bad at writing. Uh, and the completely different process of writing versus typing, it gets me back on the keyboard with the solution pretty quickly because I get frustrated that I'm taking so long to get the writing done. It's amazing how frustration motivates me to get back on the keyboard when I get stuck in that way. Um, my last resort is to talk instead of just to myself, I will talk to my brother or one of my friends about this. This is a last resort because I don't want to waste their time. Uh, I, I would do it first if they had nothing else that they had to do. Um, not asking them how they would solve it, just articulating to them why it's a problem and what things I'm considering as a solution. Very often, an answer will seem much better once it's been put into terms that someone else can understand. Because your readers, you'll remember, aren't privy to everything else that's going on in your head. So by making a problem clear to someone who does not understand the full context, it, it renders it to the reader level. And that's sort of half of the solution that you're trying to go for anyway. So I find that it's marvelously effective. Occasionally, it will run into, uh, it will cause arguments when I'll decide I know what solution I'm going to use and they liked the other one, but that's another matter. <laughs> um, what do I do to prevent these things? I will, you know, I'll write from the outside in. I come up with a start and an end. And if I'm doing a series, it starts taken care of because, you know, it's the previous book. And then I will just keep doing midpoints between those until I have a full story. That way I never have the issue of where to go. And I never have the issue of where I came from. I just have to choose how I get there uh, with each new midpoint. And it's just a lot faster and a lot easier for me to not get lost in that way. Uh, getting stuck is absolutely a, a, a part of my process, at least to a small amount. If I'm not running into any difficult puzzles, then it usually means there's nothing particularly challenging in the story. And I've just written something that's extremely linear. Uh, so getting stuck, at least when I'm coming up with a plot, is usually an indication that I'm doing some things right. It's interesting. I often find like talking to other people, like my beta readers, I'll often start writing out like, what's the problem? And they're not even necessarily responding because they're like Twitter DMs. And it's like three hours before somebody looks at them again. But just the process of kind of trying to write it out and explain it in a way that uh, you would explain to a non-writer, you know, can be helpful and you help help you figure it out. At least that's what I find. Um, so for me, I, I do outline too, so I'm less likely to get stuck than I used to be. There's less of me throwing whole scenes away and having to rewrite the last third of the book. But um, yes, of course, <laughs> writer's block or getting the characters stuck can happen. My outlines are often like, chapter 13, characters are thrown into a dungeon, period. They get out, period. Chapter 14. <laughs> you know? So sometimes I write what happens, but not how the how the problem is solved. Often I do that in the outline. So I may still have to work that out. Like the night before, it's time to work on that scene. The trick I learned to uh, is actually from MacGyver, or I had the realization while I was watching MacGyver many, many moons ago, is that if your hero is trapped in a dungeon or a walk-in freezer with a broken lock and the temperature is dropping fast, <laughs> you have to go back and write in the things he or she needs to escape. And uh, things that would logically be found in a freezer, of course. But for me, that's a big part of getting unstuck is realizing that you're probably going to have to go back and rework something along the way to properly set things up, either so that your characters don't get into that position or that there's a way out. And it is a problem-solving problem thing. So you have to kind of put yourself in your problem-solving space, which I also find walking is a good time to do that. 
shower bathtub for whatever reason those are I, I feel like I've talked to many many writers who are like the shower is magnificent for you've shampooed your hair three times there's no hot water left but dang it you figured out what happens next in the plot and I will say in my case it's not always plot problems sometimes when I'm kind of eh on a story it's like I know where they need to go but I'm just not that excited about it and I always feel that if something's not exciting to me, it's going to be boring to the reader as well. So for me, uh, sometimes it's that there's not like enough conflict between the characters, not the heroes and the villains, but actually the heroes, the group, <laughs> the adventuring party for you fantasy and space opera people out there or the hero and the heroine if you're doing romance. I, I need there to be kind of like, I like external conflict, but also something that's rubbing people the wrong way and keeping things interesting and that they have to solve it by the end, time the story ends within the group or, or the couple. And that's why I often do romances where something's set up intrinsically. Like right now I'm doing a, a fantasy romance with the princess has to marry somebody else to get the alliance that her kingdom needs to keep from being invaded by another kingdom, you know, it's like, so she has to marry this guy, but here comes the handsome elven hero, <laughs> way more appealing. So the, the whole, even though it's like, obvious they're a good match for each other throughout the whole story, you know, she has to do the thing that's right for her people or, you know, you know, that's not going to happen as a reader. That's why you read romance, but there's that, they have to figure something out. Uh, and that always kind of keeps a little bit of, conflict you know in, in the plot between the characters not just from external things and, and sometimes too you get like characters just don't have that much chemistry uh, who are supposed to have it so that's that can be a challenge too like your banter's kind of falling flat maybe there's not enough differences between the characters and sometimes I have to like remind myself to go back and give somebody a background that makes them a little more interesting we'll give them a few quirks you know kind of fodder for banter differences of opinion I think if you don't really have it fleshed out really well in the backstory about why these characters have some conflict with each other, it, it gets a little grinding on the reader. I don't know. I encounter that a lot with romance. Sorry, Andrea. I know that's your genre this year, but um, just picking up other books, when the characters start snapping at each other and you're just like, I don't understand really why you guys are arguing and it's making me not like either of you. So you really have to make it understandable. And you don't even have to have them snap at each other. Like I said, if you inherently build in enough conflict, enough reasons why they can't get together, uh, that can be enough. And you're rooting for them to figure out all the way, like, how are they going to get together? Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent, writer's block, but, but that is a really big thing for me. Like, if I'm not excited about the characters and their interactions, it's it becomes quite the slog. So that's another thing where I kind of have to go back and like, okay, how can I make these characters more interesting to me and hopefully more interesting to the reader? That's when Lindsay adds, it, adds in a love triangle because she loves them so much. Ah, uh, you know, I don't like love triangles. You're <laughs> messing with me, Andrea. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, that's more urban fantasy, isn't it? You, they, I don't know. They I don't, don't do those that many, in that many romances. It seems no. like it's always pretty defined from the beginning yeah. who the guy is. He gets three paragraphs of description when everybody else gets one sentence. Pretty much. You know, that, that definitely is urban fantasy. I mean, yeah, I don't love like love triangles either. I don't do them well. I'm I'm like a pick somebody and do it fast because this is annoying. <laughs> That's how I was with dating too. If I had more than one option, I would eliminate fast. <laughs> like, like, nope. Okay. So how do you personally know if you're burned out versus experiencing writer's block? Um, and for me, like I said, I thought I'd had lots of, I mean, I'd burned out like little mini burnouts, but that one big burnout um, for me, um, it was the despair I felt, um, the, the depression, the discouragement, the desire to never write again. And those pre-ordered deadlines set, filled me with so much dread. Um, I found that if we could wrangle everything, so the, like the stars aligned perfectly, and I was able to sit down and write, that I was able to after, I mean, I'd have to wrestle like for 45 minutes to get excited again. But I found that I was still excited about writing and being an author, but it was so hard to find that time. Like it was just, it just wasn't worth it because it took me 45 minutes to get back into writing. And sometimes that was all the time I had. And then it would be like a month again before I'd have time to do that. And it was just anyway. So, um, forcing myself was backfiring, um, finding time to actually do anything and wanting to do anything when I knew the books wouldn't sell 
were obstacles I couldn't hurdle at that time. Cause that series, like I said, there's no point in writing that series when it wasn't selling. Um, anyway, so writer's block never plagues me for more than a few minutes and sometimes a day or two at most, um, when I'm actively in the writing process. And I know that's a personality thing. Um, the more I've been listening to Becca Syme, her ears are gotta be burning so much. <laughs> um, the more I listen to what she says, I know that that's a personality thing. And so this doesn't help people unless you're like me, but when you're actively in the writing process, um, it, it's easier for me to get out of that, that the block or whatever, but being burnout lasted for, um, about a year and four months for me, which was very challenging, very difficult anyway. Okay. Joe. Um, for me, uh, the difference between burnt out and writer's block comes, but the answer to a question, um, the question, if the question is, how should I do this? If that's what you're asking yourself as you're sitting there not getting writing done, how should I do this? That's writer's block. If the question you're asking is, why should I do this? Or how can I do this? Uh, th- that's burnout. Like one of them, you are, you're short on motivation. Uh, and the other one, you're short on inspiration. And, and inspiration, great, fantastic. You can get that all sorts of other ways. Motivation, a little bit harder. So yeah, uh, writer's block, it's, yeah, it's just a, a, a lack of choice as opposed to not even wanting to make a choice. Right. And we've kind of defined this, but one is kind of being stuck in the story and one is more of an all around stress and less interest in the work in general. But of course, uh, your mental state and how you're feeling about your work is going to play into how well you problem solve and fix the story problem. I've definitely had cases where some days I'm just like, I don't even want to think about the story. You know, I'm just tired. I don't want to do that. And then the next day I'm feeling fresher and like right away I solve the problem. It's like, okay, good, good. I can get back to writing. Um, and I also think of one like writer's block as being a little more temporary, um, but, but if it's like a year and it's not getting better, like Andrea said, you know, maybe it's burnout. Uh, I also, if you're stuck on a story, and, but, and you want to abandon it and start three other newer, shinier projects. Yeah. It's probably just writer's block. If you're still excited about other things, it's just this particular story that's got you down right now. Cause you just, like I, we talked about in the last one, you know, characters aren't meshing or, or you're stuck somewhere in it. All right. Go ahead, Andrea, or. I, I love, <laughs> no, I love Joe's comment there about it, about why should I do this? Because that was definitely me. I was like, why am I beating myself up to write books? Like, why am I doing this? And, and how can I do it? And it like, that was a question I had for a while until I was like, I'm not writing again. And for me, that decision to not write gave me that decision. I was like, I'm not ever going to write again, gave me permission to relax about writing. Like I canceled the pre-orders permanently and, um, you know, it just, I, it took me a while to get over the guilt from doing that. But then I was like that permission to just let go and then just be, you know what, I don't need to be writing. Um, that that's part of when I started to recover, but it was a really long process. Um, okay. So we, Wait, all- I just wanted yes. to add, cause I, I think we'll have some people that are doing this and relying on the income and don't yes. have the option not to, yeah. to just take a year off. And it's, it's sort of a, so much of the society is married couples. It's tough. Like, even if you go out and look at, look for stuff on like how to retire, how much do we need to retire? It's always like geared towards like you had two incomes, you know, you were married and you were working on it together. But, and I don't necessarily have an answer for, for those people, except we kind of talked about like, maybe you need to look into, is there something else you can do for a while until the writing becomes enjoyable again? Um, for those people that, you know, don't have like other sources of income or another, you know, someone to lean on that can kind of help out during that time. Um, that's also <laughs> something well, I'm not sure we're giving people a lot of answers on this show. We're just talking about our problems. You guys finding it therapeutic. It's like a therapy session. It's therapeutic for me. Um, but, um, Mike, Michael Brent Collings, we've had him on the show before he, he took up delivering pizza and that really helped him get over his burnout and delivering pizza is really fun guys. So it's great. Cause if you're introverted or extroverted, it satisfies both end of the spectrum. <laughs> Although actually maybe you should do something that sucks. Cause uh-huh. I mean, like I, I, I almost, I'm kind of grateful for that experience in the army, which had just enough like manual labor and really crappy stuff. Anybody <laughs> who's been in a private knows the scrubbing floors and being on 24 hour CQ and just all the stuff that was a grind. And, um, now I'm able to look back at that and be like, Hey, <laughs> you know, it's really not that bad. Like I'm tired today and it's hard to get the words done, but it could be a lot worse. And I just try to think of people too, that are like doing 12 hours of 
out in the field <laughs> picking stuff, you know, like there's some really stressful, not stressful, but such demanding on the body jobs. And I'm, I'm super grateful. I try to make myself remind myself, you know, and I think that's what we all have to do if we are fortunate enough to be doing what we like to do and, and get some enjoyment out of it. Like, just remember, there are probably harder things you could be doing, except for our three podcast listeners who are picking oranges in Florida right now while they listen. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up by just giving some final closing thoughts here. And Joe's going to go ahead and go first on that. All right. So two ways that you can deal with burnout are as follows. You can figure out how to get through it, or you can figure out how to live with it. Uh, Living with it is a sometimes necessary short-term solution, but it is unworkable as a long-term solution. If you get locked into burnout and nothing seems to move the needle, you need to take the time to figure out what the underlying cause is and work on it. I mean, and I'm talking full-blown, you know, not going away. There's no waves. Like you're just burnt out uh you can't you you need to you need to get that taken care of if there's some element of the job that inevitably burns you out put in the work to figuring out how to minimize or eliminate that part of the job that might be a time when you're congratulations now you have a a virtual assistant because you needed to take that out off your plate if there are emotional factors try to work those out if you're struggling with depression or anxiety particularly if it's affecting your ability to not just work but live day to day seek help. Uh, Everything will be fine if I can just finish this next thing. Might be true, but if you say that for everything every day, you might be misidentifying the real source of your burnout, and until you can find it, you're never going to solve the problem. So living with burnout is something that you really need to try to avoid, uh, even if you get good at it. Uh, it, There are better ways, and, and, and you know, just keep that in mind. All right. Yep. And well, sometimes too, like I said earlier, it's often there's some health stuff underlying a lot of this that's making life harder than it should be. <laughs> and uh, this may actually be the fir- a first sign, like if you're feeling this way, um, you know, and it, sometimes it's not always easy to find the answer. You know, it's like, it's almost great if you get a diagnosis or something I'm like, oh, good. That's, that's my problem. And now I have a, a way to tackle it, much like the character stuck in the lock and freezer. <laughs> Uh, how did he get out of that episode? There was a light bulb that like melted some ice into the lock and the lock froze. Love me some old MacGyver, you guys, the original one. Um, but I'll just say wrap up, wrapping up this episode for me, my last thoughts is something, another thing I have to remind myself of this too, because I tend to forget it. It's especially hard too, in this kind of weird time of social, where social connections can be harder to maintain and the ability to do stuff outside of work may be more limited. Um, it's that, we can't let our writing and publishing and like how our books are received or like if we get an agent or a publisher, if we get fans, if we get approval from critics, if we sell a ton of books and make tons of money, we can't let that, let like our contentment with our lives hinge on that. And it's really easy to let this become your whole world. You know, it's, it's just super easy to get obsessed. I would say with this and I've been there where it's just, it matters. And then your mental health kind of depends on how well you do. So again, I don't necessarily have a answer how not to do that other than trying to have other things going on in your life. But yeah, I'm going to be all cheesy and pull more movie quotes. This one's from Cool Runnings. It always stuck in my head, a 30-year-old movie. But um, a gold medal is a wonderful thing. But if you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it. Uh, try to think of that as I strive to hit bestseller lists or you know hope for hope for the eventual movie deal uh, that uh, try you got to be enough even if that doesn't happen i like that thought um it's kind of- and andrea you're muting I yourself like- while you're being brilliant <laughs> saying brilliant things actually i was like i like that thought but it's kind of a downer too because it's you just you have to face that recognize that that's the the, the truth and then be like you know what you have to come to the point where you're okay with that. And, um, with, with, uh, not getting what you want necessarily, because it's not necessarily what you need that will make you happy. Um, so my closing thought is again, somebody's ears are going to burn. <laughs> I just kind of go through phases where I'm like, this person is so great. I, I love Becca Symes stuff right now. Um, if you're dealing with any sort of writer's block or burnout, uh, check out her YouTube, her videos on YouTube. I think it's called the quick cast. 
um, her channel. It has a ton of ideas and ton of videos. Um, when she first started putting up videos, so go in there, go to her channel, sort by last uploaded. And she gives ideas for how to overcome burnout and based on your personality type and whether you're actually in it or not. I really wish I'd found those earlier. Um, her advice for my specific personality type would have helped me so very much. And like, um, and that's personality type based on the, you know, the, the Clifton strengths. And so like my activator, my achiever, um, my focus, like being able to knock little things off my to-do list, which is what I did in retrospect that got me over that burnout, uh, was doing little things every day that made me feel like I was accomplishing stuff. But anyway, so go check out her video. Um, we're going to have her on the show in the future and, um, looking forward to that. So yeah. Um, anyway, do you guys have anything else you want to say? I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) You unmuted yourself just for that. (laughs) Hey, I'm done too. Okay. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. And um, you can find the show notes or leave a comment or question at sixfigureauthors.com with the number six. Come join our Facebook group. I have a post in there and I'll pin it to the top that asks if you have any questions about burnout. And we will do an episode in the future, um, hopefully soon, so that it's kind of fresh in our minds, um, basically based on whether your burnout, uh, ask questions. Sorry, I think my toddler's trying to get into the office right now. So yep, that's it. I totally lost my train of thought. Anyway, thank y'all. La- thank y'all later. <laughs> <Okay>. Goodbye. <laughs> oh my goodness. I feel like we had some mangled grammar in this episode. I caught myself saying authors be crazy or something like that once. <laughs> uh, we, that's why we write. Speaking is difficult. <laughs> it is. It's hard. So right. I guess bye everyone. <laughs> <laughs>